Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Marvelous Disney with Aaron Adams, the podcast that discusses the most recent doings at one of the more dynamic divisions of the Walt Disney Company, which is, of course, Marvel Entertainment. This is entertainment writer Jim Hill, and my co-host, the amazing Aaron Adams, and I are recording this week's episode on Wednesday, October 4th, 2023. So the spooky season is officially underway, right, Aaron? I oh, only... yeah, full full swing. As soon as October hits, I mean, there's uh, all of the horror movies are playing, I know, on the TV downstairs because my wife absolutely loves the season and all mm. the old classics, the Vincent Prices, the old Universal Monsters. So it is absolutely the season of Halloween. But you've been actually in knee deep in Halloween for a, a couple of weeks now because of, of your day job putting together commercials, right? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm like a quasi X-Men in a sort of way where I live about a month in the future from everybody else. Mm-hmm. So I've been working on, you know, Halloween ads for various people who have like their haunted houses and such. And, you know, you got to advertise that or, you know, have the commercial ready because all of October they want to run that commercial. So I got to, you know, be a, a step ahead. But by the uh, about a week before Halloween hits, I will transition into Thanksgiving. And then a week before Thanksgiving hits, I'll transition into Christmas and then. A week before Christmas, I'll transition into New Year ads. And then after that, I'm going to take a long break because everybody spent their money on Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas and New Year's. So they really don't have an, a budget for advertising until you get to about like Valentine's Day. So that's my slow season where I could actually go take a freaking vacation. Mm. Oh, hey. There's an idea. Yeah. Okay. Spooky season, trick or treat time, folks. And I'm afraid. We have a trick for you this week, folks, uh, because episode one of season two of Loki drops on Disney Plus in 24 hours and 54 minutes. 9 p.m. East Coast time tomorrow, Thursday, October 5th. And Aaron and I have not seen this yet. I'm going to say the quiet part out loud here. Perhaps somebody who works in public relations at the Mouse's subscription streaming service could maybe help us out with that. I was tempted to ask Drew Taylor if he could like send me a code or something to an account because he's seen the first four episodes. And I, he has. I he told has. him, I, I can't wait to hear your review on Marvelous Disney. Oh, mm. wait a minute. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, at this point, I was literally overlooking you know, the effect of Disney California Adventure because normally what they do when a, a new limited series drops on Disney Plus from Marvel Studios, suddenly there's a character walking around inside of, uh, of Avengers Campus there to hype that. So I was kind of thinking, well, all right, you know, I can find out what Loki's up to in the first episode by seeing what the teenage boy they pay to put on that outfit is walking around wearing. But but so far, no dice with that either. So anyway, again, get it, as Aaron just pointed out, Drew got to see the first four. Come on, you know, we'll be good. We, we won't leak things early. Yeah, we've never done that before. We definitely don't have a history of ever spoiling anything. Never, never. 
Mm, you have a point. <laughs> okay, anyway, uh, all right, this show goes live uh, Friday, October 6th. That means we're not going to be able to talk about episode one of season two of Loki till next week's edition. But, uh, Aaron, you put a positive spin on that, right? That's, you know, that, that we, we won't, really can't spoil it for right. people in advance. But, it know. gives you a full week. I mean, there's a lot of people, you got a day job, you've got a life, you got kids, you got things to do. You may not be able to watch Loki the very instant it comes out. And we recognize that's just a, a fact of life. So, in this case, I thought, yeah, maybe it's better if we just have that week-long buffer because that gives people a good, you know, week to watch that first episode before we get a chance to put our foot in our mouth and say something that, you know, someone goes, oh, darn it, I would have liked to have seen that firsthand myself. Uh, you, know, you know, it takes that opportunity for us to take that goof away. So, uh, yeah, the, the week buffer zone, I'm totally cool with it, and hopefully the listeners will, will be right on board with that kind of thought process, I hope. I like that. That's a positive take on, on a frustrating situation. But anyway, there's lots of other Marvel-related news this week. And as always, the news portion of Marvelous Disney is brought to you by Turing Plan's own travel agency. And if you're looking for help when it comes to booking your very next trip to Walt Disney World, these obviously very knowledgeable people can help. Uh, they'll even toss in a free subscription to Turing Plans with every package you book. So... Before you book your very next trip to Florida, please check them out at TuringPlans.com backslash travel. Okay, uh, Aaron, last month we talked about Werewolf by Night in Color, the yeah. reimagined version of that holiday special, uh, which debuted on Disney Plus last year. And Michael Giacchino, who, who handled the direction, as well as the music on Werewolf by Night, he recently did an interview with Marvel.com about how the reimagined version of this holiday special came together. And, and FYI, the original black and white version of Werewolf by Night debuted on Disney Plus a year ago this week on October 7th, 2022, to be exact. So how far back did Giacchino begin toying with the idea of hammerizing this project. And as he explained to Marvel.com, we, we were well into this a year ago, uh, wanting to do this and share this with the thinking being that wouldn't it be fun to revisit Werewolf by Night, but in the style of the Hammer horror films, which are famous for their saturated colors, bright red blood, as well as their stark lighting. So we started doing some tests and we were like, hey, that's cool. While Michael originally shot this holiday special for Marvel Studios, is that, again, another excerpt from that, that Marvel.com interview, it's like, when we shot it, I always knew that black and white was uh, the first version we were going to do. But, but that said, I, I also kept an eye on what we were doing color-wise with the hope that if, if we did do a color version of the same TV special, that could be fun too. And, and this new take on Werewolf by Night is, he thinks, will be a smart, fun way to introduce Disney Plus viewers to other styles of, of horror films. And again, you know, it's Hammer. Now, as this 50-minute long TV special was drawing to a close, they do that homage to The Wizard of Oz where, you know, there's the Elsa Bloodstone character. She's in the house. She's defeated all of her enemies. And it makes the turn to color, just like Dorothy coming out of the farmhouse and entering Munchkin Land, 
And, you know, it's one of these things where it's like, that was a really cool moment out of this TV special that obviously is not going to hit with the same impact when the whole thing is in color. But what Giacchino had to say about this, it's like after watching this specific scene in Werewolf by Night by Color, I, I still had the same feelings as I had watching the original version of this TV special. I want to point out that this is the film's director saying this, so prejudice, tiny bit, maybe? Mm. Anyway, he goes on to say, look, Elsa has still changed the circumstances of her life. A world of possibilities just opened up for her, and it's certainly a different experience than seeing the scene in the original version of Werewolf by Night without the change from black and white to color, but the scene still works. Now we come to the really cool part. Uh, we were talking earlier about how Mr. Giacchino had written the score for Werewolf by Night. And Marvel fans in two cities in the U.S. are going to get to the chance to experience this, the music from this TV special live later this month. On Wednesday, October 24th, Sarah Hicks conducts the Minnesota Orchestra, the score for this 50-minute long film. And it's going to play on a screen directly above the stage. But three days earlier, and this is the one, Aaron, I'm, I'm halfway in the car already driving down to D.C. to do this. But it's on Saturday, October 1st, Michael Giacchino himself takes the stage at the Kennedy Center for a two-part concert. And the first half uh, has him on stage with the NSO, the National Symphony Orchestra. And what they're doing is they are screening clips from classic horror films like Psycho, Fan of the Opera, The Bride of Frankenstein, with a live orchestra playing the music that's actually written for those films or those scenes from the films live below that. But then Michael will then tell the audience, you know, about, you know, as, as somebody who's, who's directed it as well, scored, you know, so many films about why that piece of music works so well, especially in a horror film, you know, why you feel the way you feel. And then second, second half of the program is a full screening of Werewolf by Night with the NSO conducted by Giacchino himself. And like I said, I, I might actually need to drive down. Yeah, that's worth the ticket. That's, that's a, a thing that uh, is like a once in a lifetimer type of deal. That sounds like a good time. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I have to admit, I always love those moments when film professionals literally pop the hood. And you being a sound guy, I mean, I love the notion of it's like, well, actually, it's the violins. You know, that's right. why you feel the way you do. And it's like that, uh, it's almost off-key, like, uh, weird comparison. But in the mm -hmm. old days, mm -hmm. the emergency broadcast system mm -hmm. was two tones that were diametrically opposed to one another. And it would just mm -hmm. grate on your nerve when you would hear it. And that was simply to catch your attention. Make the most god-awful noise we can in the simplest way possible. And those violins that, wheat, 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 it's, it's yep. ooh, ooh, it, yep. it sends shivers up your spines because it's not pleasant. It's mm -hmm. sharp and it's dramatic and it's, you know, repetitive. And it, uh, yeah, it's uh, there's a lot to how music can inform a scene and uh, some some brilliant uses that I'm sure will be on demonstration. I would love to hear what Giacchino has to say about, you know, each of those bits that they cover. Yeah, absolutely. A, a quick side note here. Today was the test 
of the National Emergency Broadcast System only messages sent to all of our phones around yep. here in the state. Did that go okay at your end? Or? I was in the middle of, middle of a business meeting when it went off and <laughs> had to just, shut up. Get that out of here. Damn you. I'm safe. <laughs> okay. Well, no, but it's interesting you say that because here at the house, same thing happened. Only... My iPhone goes off and kind of the beep, 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 you know, does the thing. There's like a minute lag. And then Nancy's Samsung goes off with the Mm -hmm. same thing. And then maybe 30 seconds after that, her laptop starts chiming with the same message. And I couldn't help but think that if it had been the tsunami, you know. (laughs) One of us would have survived. That's it. That's it. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just one thing. Oh, wait a minute. Who decided that Nancy's going to be washed away? We need just... to start testing whose carrier worked the fastest. You know, there was it go. Apple on AT&T that got you the alert quicker? Could, could, could I run to high ground in that extra 30 seconds? Probably mm-hmm. not. I, I would rather stroll. But anyway. There we go. There we go. Okay. Now, getting back to Marvel Horror. Back in early 2020, Scott Derrickson, the director of the original Doctor Strange opted out of directing the sequel to that October 2016 release. And back then, the word was it was an amicable split, which then, interestingly enough, left the door open for Sam Raimi to come in and direct Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. The blessing in disguise of the yeah. event. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, you know, came out in May of 2022, did very well at the box office. But, but what? actually happened here and dr strange co-writer c robert cargill in an interview with cinema blend back in may of 2001 actually flat out said look parting was indeed amicable that this was legitimately a case of creative differences that scott wanted to make one movie and marvel wanted to make another and derrickson in a recent appearance on the playlist discourse podcast effectively backed up Cargill. He said, look, we had real creative differences. The movie that I wanted to make and how I wanted to make it was different than the one Marvel wanted me to make. And that is how you wind up making a really bad movie, I think. When when the producer of the studio and the filmmaker each want to take a, a project in a different direction, that's how you wind up with a monstrosity. And very apt choice of words here, because the way it's been explained to me is that the version of the multiverse of madness that Derrickson wanted to make, again, uh, his own words here, an extreme departure from the first Doctor Strange movie, and it would have been a genuine horror film of sorts. Didn't we get that kind of with Raimi? Was he going to push it further? Is that what he's trying to say with that? Well, I, you know, I don't know what to say about that. I do have my copy of Multiverse of Madness sitting right here and uh, the, the art of, and it's one of these things where it's like, I, I got to go through this and see what the early art looked like. But anyway, right. back, back to Mr. Derrickson's decision to walk away. He said, look, I'm still friends with Kevin Feige. I was invited to the premiere. Marvel is really cool. And I'm also friends with Sam Raimi. So th- th- there's no bad blood but the part of the story that fascinates me is Raimi coming through the door and directing multiverse of madness because you and i both know what happened on spider-man 3 back in in 
2006-2007. Yeah, it was studio interference. But here, the difference is the mm-hmm. studio already had their vision in cement. They already mm-hmm. had their you know, disagreement with Derrickson. They said, this is what we want. And mm-hmm. at that meeting with uh, Ramey, Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, I know what your bullseye is. I can mm-hmm. either deliver, or, I, or you know, or I have creative differences and I walk. And then he said, I can deliver. Mm-hmm. And so I think, it, you know, even though Studio Interference Spider-Man Three was a legit thing that really tarnished what could have been a beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. uh, movie. There, yep. I, I think this is entirely different because the studio already had their creative difference with someone else. Mm-hmm. They had their true north set on their compass, and they said, "Can you captain the ship?" And he went, yeah, I know where North's at. Let's go. Okay. No, that's an excellent observation. Okay. Worth noting here, by the way, that Sam is considered a very strong candidate to direct Avengers 6, The Secret Wars. And there's also been a lot of talk lately about Destin Daniel Creighton, the the gentleman who directed Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, how he's supposedly been tapped to direct the Avengers uh, film that will come before Secret Wars, and that'll be the Kang Dynasty. It was until earlier this week, news began bubbling up that Marvel Studios had supposedly decided to cancel the Kang Dynasty. And uh, Wait a minute, Aaron, the whole movie? The Well, I, Aaron, we're going to talk about this is how this is complete and other nonsense okay. on the second half of today's show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's start with the obvious. Writer's strike has been resolved. Okay. Deadline reported earlier this week that Marvel Studios has started to set up writers' meetings, looking for pitches in regard to the the X Men movie. And now remember, we don't have a release date to the X Men movie. And remember that we have Kang Dynasty coming out in May of two thousand six followed a year later by Secret Wars, which again, that's May of 2007. So the X-Men movie... (laughs) Oh, hold up, hold up. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, what you've just witnessed was an edit. Hmm. We will now play the klaxon. Okay, there's a, a spoiler about to happen. Jim... If you'd like, go ahead and repeat that last line, please. Okay. That supposedly, this is how the X-Men enter the MCU as part of Secret War. Okay. Uh, But at the same time, understanding that, you know, we have a multiverse movie. We've already had, you know, Multiverse of Madness, but we also have our Deadpool 3. Mm Mm-hmm which is supposed to feature various aspects of the TVA and divergent timelines and the like. So technically considered a multiverse movie. But anyway, getting back to the X-Men movie, again, Marvel just meeting later this fall with potential writing team. So there is, in fact, no real news on this project. And there's a lot of folks 
who work online, who do stuff similar to what Aaron and I do here, who just can't handle that, who can't handle the absence of news and just accept it. So they use conjecture, they use supposition, you know the phrase, bullshit, to fill for the absence of news. And so we talked, for example, on last week's show about how Jonathan Majors, the next key hearing in his domestic violence case is scheduled for October 25th, which is right in the middle of when season two of Loki is airing on Disney+. And now, mind you... We know from the tease scene at the end of, of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, that Jonathan Majors plays Victor Timely mm-hmm. in season two of Loki. He's a, It's a huge part of that show. It's supposed to directly help set up the storyline for Avengers, the Kang Dynasty. And, and Disney, given Majors' legal problem, they made the call to not include this actor in uh, the majority of the ads that they did for season two of Loki. Mm. And that's that was enough. Just the, the absence of images of, of Jonathan Majors was enough to get certain members of the online press spinning a scenario where this version is how Marvel is just going to outright cancel Avengers Kang Dynasty and instead use Deadpool 3 as the lead-in to Avengers Secret Wars. And here's the thing. No one, no one at Marvel Studios has said this. Right. Yeah, until there's an official announcement saying we've canceled one of the biggest movies that we're ever going to make. First off, if it's an Avengers movie, they're banking on a billion. Easy, Mm -hmm. right? That's their goal. Anything Mm -hmm. less than a billion on Avengers is a failure in our eyes. Mm -hmm. Do you really think they're going to cancel their freaking billion dollar Wonka ticket they would recast right if there was that much problem with Jonathan Majors they would recast but there's no way they're going to flush that money no you're, you're not wrong I mean in fact it, Paul Holtz the uh the author of the New York Times bestseller Unmasked Crime Scenes Cold Cases and My Hunt for the Golden State Killer uh, is famous for saying that the absence of evidence is not evidence of absence the whole notion of you're not seeing Jonathan Majors in the promotion of Loki season two because Disney made that call. And plus the name of the show is Loki. So it would you know help to have Loki in the commercials, right? There you yeah. go. Also this week, lots of talk about how Wolverine will not be in the X-Men movie, which again, I want to remind you. <laughs> they're interviewing the writers. They haven't written yet, so it's not a question. <laughs> they you have know. to negotiate a contract with Hugh before yeah. they can officially say, oh, by the way, Wolverine's in the next X-Men movie. But really, have we even ever had any X-Men movie that didn't have the dude in it? Like, there was one where he wasn't in it, and then all of a sudden they had uh, young Xavier and Magneto go to recruit him in a bar, and he told him to F off, and I that was that like scene. his three-second cameo. But he I, was I, still there there he was he was so and, and, yeah okay now the, in this scenario deadpool 3 sets up uh avengers secret war which it then allows us to get an, a new action movie and i understand this but logan obviously a huge part of deadpool 3 uh more to the point they can't kill him off because evidently one of the conditions of hugh jackman taking on this project was that they couldn't impact any of the events that we saw in Logan. 
Sure, that makes sense. Yeah, but it, at the same time, it's a multiverse. Anything can happen. All right, let's move to the real news here. I, did you see that footage uh, from this past weekend's New York Jets uh, Kansas City Chiefs game? Uh, it, it, it's somewhere in the bowels of MetLife Stadium out there in the Meadowland. I was wondering why they were paired together, and it and it just was like, okay, well, it's famous people bumping into famous people at events, as happens. But well, then you told me that there's a little extra going on, and I was like, oh, my God. Tell me more. Tell me more. What was so funny initially was it's Taylor Swift coming through security in the, the bowels of, of MetLife Stadium. And he she's with three older white gentlemen, right? You know, and, and but everybody's talking about, you know, how, oh, she's there to see her, her new boyfriend, Travis Kells. And it was about five or ten minutes after this clip aired, the, the Internet started to lose their mind. It's like, wait a minute, the three older white gentlemen that went with Taylor through the... Uh, security uh, that that's Hugh Jackman <laughs> and that's Ryan Reynolds and that's Sean Levy the director of Deadpool 3 there had been a rumor out there earlier about how Taylor had been up for the part of Dazzler all right the, the, we got to stop here I, I need to do my Super Bowl touchdown dance mm -hmm. because I think it was a year two years ago I called the fact that Dazzler needs to be in a movie. It needs to be cast by an actual real pop icon. I was thinking it could be like a young Disney starlet that's up and coming, but freaking Taylor Swift is the pinnacle of pop stardom. Mm -hmm. And if they actually get her to play Dazzler, that is peak chef's kiss perfection. And I applaud them from the highest mountain. Congratulations if that's the case. Well, I mean, you know, the, the, again, we're going with strictly circumstantial speculation. Yeah, speculation. You know, the, but it just—it seems kind of intriguing that it's, you know, it's one thing. Okay, celebrities hang out with celebrities, but it's like it's the director. It's the director of Deadpool three. All right, right. you know, suddenly that there's a certain credences, and and let's also remember that this is not the first time that Marvel Studios has done this in its recent history. A, a pop star is superhero. I mean post-credit uh, scene in The Eternals on uh, November 2021, uh, Eros, played by Harry Styles. Yeah, I forgot about that. Like, are we actually going to get to see this dude on screen again? Do we, I don't think we've got an Eternals 2 in the lineup anytime soon. Mm. So that means if, if he actually comes back, it's got to be by way of Secret Wars and, mm. you know, part of a, a massive team-up where we get, you know, like Shang-Chi is kind of missing in action for a while. There's a lot of good characters that... I would like to see more of, but they, we don't have movies for them yet. I hope they show up in Secret Wars. Hopefully, Harry is in that pile as well. Yeah, I mean, I look. We we've talked at length about so many convergence of you know things that that frankly slowed down you know Kevin Feige's plans. Whether it's Bob Iger coming back and you know him being confronted by the seven billion dollars in debt, you know, from uh, the Fox acquisition and trying to right the ship with Disney Plus, and Iger flat out saying that I think some of these limited series have have dinged the value of Marvel's theatrical releases, and so it's one of these things where uh, you know you had a Bob Iger 
really stopping on the break and, and never mind about what happened with COVID and never mind what just happened for the past five months with the writer's strike and, and the yet-to-be-resolved actor's strike. Mm. So to give you some idea of how screwed up my priorities are, Aaron, at the, the end of The Eternals, I wasn't particularly excited to see that Harry Styles was showing up. I was more excited about, oh, my God, Pat Oswald is yeah. voicing Pip. It's like, oh, you know, that him I want to see on screen. But Harry Styles, not so much. But Dazzler, so Taylor Swift, pop star by, by day, superhero by night. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like so Hannah Montana with Miley Cyrus where, you know, she's a normal girl and then she puts on the wig and goes on stage and does the thing. But it's like everybody knows Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. uh, around the world, just her name and, you know, like the concert. How much are you paying for tickets? I know Len made a joke that, you know, oh. uh, his daughter could have made a down payment on the house for the tickets she bought. Yeah. But I mean, her concert is expensive, but it's going into theaters because oh, people yeah. can't afford to go to the concert. So they buy mm -hmm. a, a theater ticket. Mm -hmm. I mean, that girl is just at the very peak of everything right now in, mm -hmm. in the music industry. So if they got her even for like a five minute, you know, scene here and there. Mm -hmm. throughout a hour and a half long movie that is a super huge catch they got a whale on the line with that and uh god bless them if they could sign her for mm -hmm. a multi-picture deal and actually do a dazzler movie and she wrote you know if she wrote her own music for the dazzler movie oh my god the money jim the money like they disney could probably pay off their whole fox debt i, I just I, on music sales from taylor swift you are not wrong but the timing of this they signed her, they, they scored her before, as you just mentioned, you know, the concert film that's coming out this fall. Mm. And in Hollywood stock, you know, when the amount of money that makes happens, you know, people are going to just be leaping over one another to try to sign her to, to new things. And the fact that, you know, Marvel Disney seems to have nailed her down. She did it at a good time because I hear they're getting really ruthless where they're actually using an iron brand that says property of Marvel and they just kind of brand your behind and it's like, we got you, kid. You're ours now for the rest of your life. Be okay. Dazzler. <laughs> All right. And, and to just for a moment swing back to the Jonathan Majors situation. And I just I want to share one last bit of info because, again, you know, everyone's out oh, there going to recast. And it's one of these things where it's like, <laughs> the friend at the studio is like, okay, do I have to remind you of who starred in the very first MCU film? You know, the guy who went to jail, the guy who all drugged uh, up. No, the guy who went to jail, past tense, who got his no. act clean, who spent several years on the straight and narrow, who worked Absolutely. hard to get his act together. Absolutely. Right, all right. But it's just, it's, you know, one of these things where it's like, we're Marvel. We do things differently here. And it's like, you know, we really like what John, I mean, you know, that, that, uh, that was the thing. It's like, wait do you see what he does with Victor Timely. You know, that was the whole thing of, you know, oh, my God. You know, oh, you, fact is, I'm just realizing it, it's not the Marvel PR team. They've got a new branch, Jim. It's called the Marvel Spin Team. They spin so good, they'll be able to do your laundry as well. Oh, the spin. Oh, <laughs> oh well, okay. I, 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 and again, and nobody's better at spin than Madison Avenue. And if you're, if you're a fan of learning about how Madison Avenue works, 
There's this wonderful podcast called uh, 32nd Street. Are we still plunging ahead with new episodes? Or well, You know, it's unfortunate because uh, Marvel Us Disney listener hmm. Kelsey Streeter said, I'm going to vote with my dollar, and she became a new Patreon subscriber, and now I feel obligated because she paid for a month. That means mm-hmm. i got to give her at least four new shows. Okay. So single-handedly, uh, Marvelous Disney listener Kelsey Streeter, uh, and weird that her name is Streeter. She helped mm-hmm. save 32nd Street. So uh, I don't know. It's, it's kismet. We thank mm-hmm. her. But, uh, yeah, 32nd Street got a few blocks longer this week. We talked to my friend of 30 years, Tim Brando. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of the conversation, uh, I'm, I'm busy with things and uh, only getting busier. So Tim is actually uh, helping take over Aza Prod as I hire staff and employees and mm-hmm. uh, take care of lots of things. But Kelsey said, I want more 32nd Street. Don't you go anywhere. And so, uh, yeah, we, we're going to have to keep going. Sorry, Kelsey. That's what you get for, for donating your money. You get more content. So thank you. I love you. We appreciate it. We love the show and want to keep it going. Cool, cool, cool. Now, as busy as you are, are you keeping mm. up with, with your social media stuff? And if so, where yeah. can they find you? <laughs> I I am currently doing the thing on Twitter slash X. I would recommend everybody stay away for a couple of weeks because I've been venting and it's not been very cordial nor polite. But if you want to get and dive into the muck, uh, it's at Azaprod, A-Z-A-P-R-O-D. And uh, I'll, I'll be happier soon. I just I've been releasing my demons into the wild. <laughs> okay. All right. Now uh, I, I I too am still at X or Twitter or whatever we call it. That uh, as Jim Hill Media. Likewise, over on Instagram. Also on Facebook as Jim Hill Media News. A couple other podcasts that that we do here that that Aaron actually cleaves the machete on. Uh, we have. Disney Dish, which I do with Lentesta. We have uh, Fine Tuning, which I do with Drew Taylor. And by the way, Drew has his own outside podcast uh, he does with Charles Hood, Light the Fuse, the official Mission Impossible podcast. And and they're getting ready to talk up the uh, Blu-ray DVD version of uh, Dead Reckoning Part 1. And we'll also be recording a brand new looking at Lucasfilm uh, with Ryan Gone sometime this weekend. And How about that finale, baby? I really enjoyed what they did yes. with Ahsoka. Yes. I mean, I, I have to admit, I'm going to be kind of intrigued to see what gets off the uh, the launch pad first at Disney Plus if we get a a season two of Ahsoka, or if Dave Filoni goes into what's been described as his Avengers movie, where it's the cast of The Mandalorian, the cast of The Book of Boba Fett, and the cast of Ahsoka go head-to-head with, uh, you know, a Thrawn. Well, that means you got to have Ahsoka season two because she's got to get off of, oh, spoiler, (laughs) spoiler, spoiler, and get to spoiler, spoiler, spoiler before spoiler happens. So, spoiler, 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 the movie will happen last. My guess. All right. Um, well, anyway, you know, that that was very concise. Thank you. Um, all right. And then finally, let in my new project. So it is finally, finally headed out the door. Uh, Disney Unpacked. And it's our first ever video series. Uh, we produced it in collaboration with Jim Shul, a veteran Imagineer. Spent 30 plus years working at the company at some of, on some of your favorite attractions like Rock and Roller Coaster and Major junkyard jamboree but 
I think this finally goes live this weekend. So, but if you want a taste of it, head over to to YouTube. We got some stuff there and then the fun begins. I'm going to have to send uh, you, Len and Jim a a, a cigar and say, congrats. It's a show. (laughs) (laughs) That that covers it. All right. Anyway, folks, uh, that is going to do it for this week for Marvelous Disney. On behalf of Mr. Adams, thank you for listening, and we will be back soon.